We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. Bart Winkler Show. It is Monday, December 19th. And the Packers and the Rams have a game tonight, which we're going to talk about throughout. Actually, this part of the show, I'm recording Friday night on December 16th. We did this a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to do it again. It is my stream of consciousness weekend podcast. And with some of the voicemails already coming in and this Rogers article, I could probably uh, just record tonight and post it Monday and maybe tack on who won the World Cup and be good with it. Uh, I'll talk about the Rogers article in a second. First, this is uh, the part of the interview. Oh, okay. Let me do the Odyssey announcement. I am back with Odyssey. I'm back with Odyssey in a part-time role. And I feel like now's the time to promote. I will be filling in for Zach Gelb again this Thursday. That's locked in Thursday night from 5 to 9 Central which you can hear on 1250 AM, the fan in Milwaukee. And then Friday night, I will be filling in for uh, JR sports brief from 9 AM to one or 9 PM to 1 AM Milwaukee time. So I am back on the Odyssey payroll. Let me take a moment for you to congratulate me. I mean, you know, what happened, happened. What can you do? I'm just trying to stay somewhat relevant. So for those uh, for those that think I only do this in my basement, your boy's about to be back on national radio, 100 plus stations. Okay? You can have your four or five little mom and pop stations across the state and feel good about it. Your boy's back on 100 plus stations Thursday night. All right? Give me a hand. <laughs> All right, so here, thank you, by the way, here is the part of the Ryan Horvat conversation I had with our picks this week where we picked this game. Now, these were our thoughts on Thursday morning. I did not have them on Friday's pod. Here's Ryan Horvat and myself bringing you our Packers pick, and then we'll get into some of the other Rodgers stuff that has come out on Friday. Myself and Ryan Horvat. This is unaired, previously unaired, so uh, it is still fresh content. Here we go. The Rams are going to win this football game. Why? Way too many people are already mapping out playoff scenarios. Playoff scenarios. 
I'm the only person out and then other shit needs to happen. If they get to, if they win the next two at seven and eight, all right, let's play around a little bit. You just got to beat the Rams. It's going to be so cold. Rogers is old. Your blood thins quicker when you're older. I, I honestly, I'm not doing this as a bit. I'm taking the Rams and the Packers season will end. Okay, I'm going to take the Packers, and I think that they're going to score over 35 points in this game. The over-under is 39 and a half. Why? Because uh, the Rams have a very good defense and a shit offense, and the Packers have a shit defense. You're getting a good defense to come play here in the cold. Didn't we just see that in January? Go back and watch that. Average quarterback. Didn't we just see that in January? Remember the last time Baker Mayfield came to Lambeau Field? The the Packers are winning this game by two touchdowns. They're coming off the bye. It's the floor off the bye. It's going to be Roger. Rodgers is going to throw for 300 yards for the first time since week 12 of last season. Uh, What do the guys – roll out the helmets, Bart. I'm confident that the Packers kicked the shit out of the Rams. I'm curious to see if the Rams are able to – able to fly back to Los Angeles after getting the shit kicked out of them. And I'm confident that Aaron big game Jones is scoring three count them three touchdowns three in this game. The ultimate parlay of the week Rams win Titans win Panthers win Washington ties buy or sell. I'm buying that the Packers kick the living shit out of the Rams and I'm selling that Baker Mayfield is an NFL starting quarterback next year. Jalen Ramsey, you're lucky Devontae's not here to torch you anymore. Meet Christian, big game Watson. Romeo, big game Dobbs may be back. I don't know that for sure. David Bakhtiari, is he going to be on the field? No. Do we need him? Maybe. Is it going to matter without Aaron Donald on the field? Probably not. Packers win. Here's my score. 38-13. Finally, we all, well, you'll be pissed off because of a draft pick and you don't get your Jordan Love or whatnot. But us true fans, us Rodgers backers, us Rodgers believers, we last and we go to week 18 where we beat the Detroit Lions. Imagine that game, dude. Win and get in for both teams. How big is that game going to be? I'll be there. Sunday night game. You turned in your fan card weeks ago. You got your Jordan Love statue, your Jordan Love jersey. You gave up on this team. You gave up on this season. A fan that carries the G, a true fan, and we don't give up. We're like Jason fucking Mraz. We don't give up. All right, I got to go to bed, man. All right, Ryan Horvath, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. I did this on two hours of sleep, people. More than normal. And our picks always brought to you by Golden Chicken Inhales Corners, 414-427-5500. 414-427-5500. So uh, at this point of the weekend, I'm leaning Rams. I, I went out in the cold just to pick up something at Walgreens, and I parked in the parking lot and walked into the store, and I'm freezing. And Rogers, my age, is going to have to play football in this? I don't like it. Plus, uh, there was a story, Kaylin Kaler on The Athletic. The The title that she tweeted this was, Aaron Rodgers expects his offense to know somewhere around 30 hand signals. Every Saturday, players are tested on them, but the tricky part is the signals aren't officially taught. There's no real record of them, and Rodgers often revives signals from year before. This goes along with everything we've been saying about Rodgers, and I want to read this quote from Sammy Watkins first. Sammy says, 
it's like there are two offenses in one at playing Green Bay. Matt LaFleur's scheme and then all the tiny details Rodgers wants executed to perfection. This is a terrible thing that's happening. This is not the way you win a football game. Some people rip on Rodgers in the comments on this, and then some people say, well, how do you explain the 13 wins? You explain them because it was, I guess it was working. Because when Rodgers got in trouble, he just went to Devontae. And then that well ran out when he forced it to him instead of going to his other guys. Imagine being a young receiver trying to come in. And I know some you want to make fun of some of the guys that aren't quoted Amari Rodgers, Chris Blair. But you're trying, I mean, anybody that's in that locker room should deserve and earn a fair chance to contribute. And if you excel in Matt, like you can excel with the scheme and the offense, you can figure out the offense, you can be very proud of what your coach is telling you to do. Your coach. And then on Saturday, Rogers with his little wizard hat gives you a pop quiz on imaginary signals and you fail and then he doesn't throw it to you. This is, this is not good. This is bad. I don't, I don't, I don't know the, de- the defense in this anymore. Uh, on Saturday's rookie receivers, they get quizzed. You don't want to get called on because you got to do it in front of the whole team. Says Equinemia St. Brown. It's probably nerve wracking for a young player. Cause we're not getting taught any of the thing we're being quizzed on says Kylan Hill. Jordan Love is in this article quoted. That's definitely something wide receivers don't look forward to, the signal meeting, because we have so many. You don't want that stuff getting out, so we wait until the season starts to going through signals. Kaylin Kaler. I'm I'm probably getting her name wrong. So I opened The Athletic to read this article, and the first thing I see is Matt Schneidman's article, Ways the Packers Can Still Make the Playoffs. Schneids, figure it out. Quit trying to pander your career to Rob Domofsky and write a fucking article. They're not making the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is sabotaging everything. Imagine a teacher, Monday through Thursday, teaching you social studies. And then on Friday, the substitute teacher gives you the quiz, but throws out weird rules and does it in a different language, one that only he understands. Like, does it does it in Klingon? And you only get it if you're a Star Trek fan. What are we doing? So that article's at The Athletic. It's so stupid. I'm so mad. There's a lot of bad reaction to it, and there should be. It's just really annoying. And Rogers, the, the ultimately... Why didn't the Packers win more than one Super Bowl with Rodgers? There's a couple different reasons. Horvat and I, Horvat went through some of the, the, the Packers' stubbornness cost them. Uh, the Packers' defensive woes cost them. But also, we're in the point now where Rodgers trying to, he's not try, he's never tried to win. He's always tried to win the smartest way possible. Rodgers doesn't want to go out there and win a game 27-24. He wants to out-chess you and win. I, I, I don't, I'm so tired of it. How is, how, how, why are we doing this? Don't you understand now? I want to get off this ride. I don't need an article to come out in a 5-8 and eight season about how receivers don't want to get called on in class the day before a game. 
It's 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 very off-putting. They're not beating the Rams. They are not beating the Rams. Here's Spark Guy on the Carl's Place voicemail line. You can check out all the golf simulators and everything that they have. Uh, I've got a pinned tweet. So I got an affiliate link. So if you're going to go to carloft.com to browse, go to my affiliate link, wink. Uh, But here's Spark Guy with a voicemail, 402-915-2278, 402-915-BART. Bart, Spark Guy here. Um, Calling you, I got through reading the uh, latest uh, athletic article on Aaron Rodgers and just did have to comment. Maybe just dovetail into your opinions on all of this. Reading through the um, description of how their passing game works with the 30-plus hand signals um, that are not taught, they don't explain, and you just simply have to kind of interpret and figure out. Fascinating read um, of, of how all this miscommunication can often occur and how um, Aaron just... Uh, can blame everybody for not knowing what he thinks. I don't know if I've ever seen a more perfect encapsulation of uh, his attitude put into practice of everyone. I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking, but guess what I'm doing. And if you get it wrong, you're the bad guy. Fascinating stuff. I'd love to hear what you think about uh, that article and the, uh, the passing signal system. Take care, Bart. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect example of what are we doing here, man? Why are you making it harder than it needs to be? I found this uh, with radio. This is my big gripe on radio. Radio, it's a pretty fun, and I think it's an easy like concept of a job. But a lot of people make it harder than it needs to be. You know, throwing in rules, throwing in things. Just be entertaining and to connect with your audience. That's all you need to do. We all throw in these other things like, well, yeah, every five minutes you got to just be entertaining, connect with your audience, figure that out and then branch off of it for Rogers and the floor. It should be, here's our offense. Let's figure it out and then branch off of it. Like you run the offense and then Rogers and Lazard, maybe build this chemistry where it's like, Hey, if I tap my head, you're going to do a cut or something like that. Instead, there's all these signals that they won't write down anywhere because they don't want other people to steal them. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. Uh, another thing that happened on Friday's show, uh, Friday's show was part Horvat picks. And then the Thursday recap of bucks and uh, the Grizzlies destroying them. And I did a show on YouTube at the same time, Tony in Texas, who is, is he's free to do this but he, he runs Twitter spaces sometimes. And I like jumping in there and we talk and it's a lot of people that have connected through the show and some of Tony's cronies and whatever. It's fine. But he went on during my show and uh, one person who did not like that, we talked and we talked it out in the, in the Friday show, if you missed it. But one person who did not like that was Matt in the falls. And this voicemail is from him. Hey Bart, it's me again. Um, Listen, great show today. I really enjoyed it. Um, top to bottom, Orvet had some funny lines. Um, you got back into the golden chicken swing of things, and good times were rolling. But um, this whole Twitter spaces, uh, treason in Texas thing really, really is getting under getting under my skin, ruffling my feathers. 
Um, I could almost hear the, the sly grin in his voice when he said that he's trying to collaborate with you and get you listeners because it's clearly the opposite. Um, I don't know who this guy thinks he is. He said he had, the, he had a Twitter space at 5 p.m. and then another one after the Bucks game. Like, this guy thinks he needs his own, like, treason in Texas, like, 24-7 network, like the Big Ten network. I don't know what this guy's angle is. Um, he has ripped the Bart Winkler show in his profile, yet he is here competing against the Bart Winkler show and laughing about it and lying to your face. So um, as your most valuable listener and your biggest supporter, I'm sickened. I hope you could hear that in my voice. Um, and I really, I don't know where to go from here. It seems like Tony and his little pussy buddy cone roller. Oh, look at me. I smoke weed, but I'm afraid to show my face. Are like breaking off into their own weird little thing, but they don't have, they don't have Bart Winkler. And that's really the only important part. So I hope this, I hope they realize what they're doing and uh, grow up a little bit and try to help you out and support you like the rest of us do. Just, just deplorable. There's a lot of uh, animosity, I think, between Tony in Texas and Matt in the Falls. And who do I side with? I like them both. I'll tell you, as I sit here, I sit in front of a green screen. Matt in the Falls got me. And Matt in the Falls never did a Twitter space at the same time I was doing a show. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out. This is Friday night. I'll come back to you on Saturday. A lot of good college bowl action and the Bucks play the Jazz. We'll have thoughts on that after the break. Um, I am 2-0. and It's Friday night right now. I'm 2-0 and on my bull picks. So I'm feeling good about that, but there's like a million of them on Saturday. So this is the running log of the weekend. It's the Bart Winkler Show, December 19th edition here, wherever you get your pods. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so now it's Saturday morning. And some big news, Croatia's third place. Okay, third place is fun. Uh, we are on video. I'm going to make sure that I get the green screen going there. I just wanted to show Kaylin Kaler, who's joining us, that uh, this is not my house, the the video I use on YouTube. And then uh, Badger's got a big transfer, uh, Nick Evers from Oklahoma. So a lot of, lot of exciting news here in our state. But all that anybody's so far talking about this weekend is this article put out at The Athletic 
Uh, Kaylin Kaler wrote it. She's with the Athletics, so let's talk to her. Kaylin, thanks for being here. How are you? Thank you, Bart. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I think the uh, article that you put out Friday has... Well, first of all, there's a tremendous amount of backstory or anytime you enter the Aaron Rodgers waters, which I'm sure you're well aware of. And there are people like me who... Oh, there's another article that might criticize Rogers in some way. I'm there. Let's do it. Right. And then I'm seeing there's people that are like, oh, geez, it's it's just a hand signal. Oh, oh, Chris Blair. Who cares about what Chris Blair has to say? But I think in this article, and we've referenced it a little already on the show, but if you could summarize it as well. Yeah. It seems like, and, and Sammy Watkins was a guy who said it directly, there are two offenses with the Packers, one that they install and then Roger's secret hieroglyphics language. And I, whether I dislike or like Rot, that's a problem to like, it should be a problem to anybody. Well, I'll say, I'll start by saying um, it is funny how uh, when you write about Aaron Rodgers, well, Packers Twitter in general is just hilarious. Like if there's anything that's not like, I just retweeted someone who was like, if it's not a glowing report, it has to be like the worst thing that was ever written. Like people are calling this a hit piece. It's not a hit piece. Like nobody was anonymous. All of these guys were totally on the record and nobody said that like Aaron's a terrible person and he's harassing me. And like that was like not the story at all. I went into the story wanting to know why it's hard for rookies to contribute in this offense because um, we've seen historically that he's never really cared to involve them much in the offense. And he's never really had to because there's always been guys, um, you know, ones and twos ahead of these rookies. And that changed this season. And we saw through, you know, up until week 10, really until Christian Watson emerged, it was a struggle for these guys to get involved. I mean, injuries were involved, of course, but I was noticing like, you know, I feel like there's something here. Like, why is it, it feels like it's more, it's more complicated for a rookie receiver to get involved here in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers than it is with another team. And, you know, in the past, it had been really hard for rookie receivers in general. But I think in the last three or four years in the NFL, we've seen a change where these rookie receivers are better prepared than ever to be contributors right away, you know. Um, So that is sort of shifting. So I was like, what is going on here that makes it harder? Like, what makes it more difficult? So that was the premise of the story. And through that, you know, I uncovered some things about, um, as you mentioned, the signals that he uses. So in the story, there's a whole section about um, players, current players. Jordan Love talked about this. Jordan Love confirmed like everything that yeah. the former guys said. Because a lot of people are tweeting at me like, yeah, of course you talked to Amari Rogers and Kylan Hill and they have an ax to grind. And it's like, okay, I want to make it clear that I called them. They did not, I don't, I never knew them. I had never spoken to them in my life until I called them. I called them and I went after them. They did not come to like, you know, vent to a reporter. Like I just happened to call, pick up the phone and call them. So um, that's number one. And then Jordan Love backed up everything they said, which is essentially um, we've all seen Rogers play when he gets to the line, line of scrimmage. Uh, oftentimes he will, you know, do a hand signal, either the helmet tap or sometimes it's one hand. Uh, sometimes it's this, sometimes he just sticks an arm behind his back like that. And you'll see everybody down the line, repeat it, all the skill players. Um, when he does it. And I just anecdotally from their last game, I was watching and I didn't actually like count how many times he's doing it, but it felt like it was like every third or fourth play yeah. he was doing it. Um, so it's pretty regularly that he's doing this during games. And um, that, I mean, we've all seen him do that, but I'd never heard players like talk about it so specifically and I actually got 
this story idea in particular, I mean, yes, I was seeing what was happening in games and how the rookies were struggling, but um, there was another player I was writing about um, in October for a completely different story who had spent time on the Packers last season. And, you know, he'd said to me how difficult it was to pick up the signals because it was like not officially taught to them. And I just kind of filed that away. And I was like, that's really interesting. Like maybe I'll ask some other guys about that. So when I asked other players about that, including Jordan Love, who is currently there, um, you know, they said, and, and Romeo Dobbs talked about it as well. Um, they said that, you know, they're not officially taught to them because it's something that you don't want other teams to really know about. So they'll wait until the regular season starts until training camp is over and, and the off season is over to really get into them in detail. And every Saturday they have a meeting where um, it's a signals, it, it's an offensive meeting on Saturdays, but as part of that meeting, they review the signals and they'll call guys up to the front of the room, you know, three or four guys each week and have them um, repeat back a signal uh, with, with a, with a word, with the call or vice versa. Like they'll give the call and they need to give the signal. And a lot of these players kind of described it as, you know, really nerve wracking. I mean, none of them were like, I was mentally tortured by this. It wasn't that it was like, yeah. this was like a day that we knew was kind of scary because like we have to do our signals and there wasn't any like, crazy consequences if they get them wrong and, and guys in the back veterans would kind of like you know be helping them if they were like stuck so um but the the point of it was that like these are pretty secretive in the fact that they're not written down anywhere there's no like handy film cut up to just play them all in a row so you can see them you have to kind of pick them up during practice players told me you have to pick it up by asking Aaron himself or asking veterans in your position group um, and the veterans will help you. It's not like they're icing out the other players, but it's just the general idea of like, this is something that's a huge part of this offense, but it's sort of like, mm, we're going to talk about it, but like, we're not really going to spend a ton of time reviewing it and teaching it to you. You had to sort of do that on your own and find the veterans to practice that on your own. And um, the most important, the most interesting thing I think is um, Chris Blair, who was on the practice squad for a year he was a receiver he was released i believe in may he said that sometimes the coaches didn't even know and they would call the coaches up too during these meetings to do the signals and there was yeah and there were times where he's like i we'd be watching film as an offense or as a as a, like a position group as receivers and um the coaches would be like oh that's not the right route and they'd be like no 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 look at what aaron did so they'd have to point out that aaron actually signaled them to change their route otherwise the coaches like did it always know um so that kind of shows you how many there are and like how vast this is the issue that i as a fan have is um so they're like rogers and Devontae played a long time together and of course over the period of time rogers might be like all right Devontae, like you just you have a second sense or yeah. you know if 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 there's a certain look like i do that with Devontae. i've built chemistry with him over the years or maybe randall cobb and i we remember this one play and if we see the coverage we'll be like all right this is so you have the offense and then you have like these separate things the fact that rogers this is what bothers me the fact that rogers has like this hidden code and he's not even going to tell you yeah. it's up for it's up to you to like learn it Again, you write an article and then it gets through the Twitter washer right. and dryer and the nuance disappears very quickly and it becomes a very binary thing. I saw someone tweet this morning. Is everyone still mad about hand signals? Well, no. <laughs> hand signals are hand, like everyone right. does. You know, <clears throat> right. you have your Omaha's and you have like there's part. Yes. Yes. Right. 
But Rodgers is like he's invented a language. Right. And he's not going to teach you. It just seems so unnecessary. But I think it is from this outsider looking in. It's a good encapsulation into like who Rodgers might be and who he thinks he is. I Yeah. It's another thing where Rodgers is doing something totally unnecessary. And we've seen it's been a hindrance to a lot of these young guys. Yeah, and somebody tweeted at me today. Um, I hadn't seen this clip before, but it was a Jordy Nelson video um, kind of about, like, his whole career. And, like, six minutes into the video, he's telling the story of the Super Bowl they won. And um, he's talking about his first uh, touchdown in that Super Bowl. And he said uh, Rodgers gave him a signal that basically meant, like, go, I'm throwing it to you. And um, he said he earlier that year he had missed that signal. Like, he, he didn't get it. Like he didn't, he didn't see it or didn't understand it or like didn't comprehend. And they showed a clip where he stops his route early and Rogers kept through to him and he, and Jordy wasn't there because he didn't see the signal. So like, I think, um, you know, and I think that goes back to a lot of the issues that we saw with these rookies this year was like Rogers kept saying they weren't, um, you know, they were, they were running the wrong routes and that could, that could correlate with. So then it seems like he yeah. wants Christian Watson to do things that he did with Jordy without telling Watson what he's expecting. Right. And that's ridiculous. The the Randall Cobb, my conversation with Randall Cobb was really interesting because I said to like Randall was like, yeah, when I, well, I asked Randall, I was like, okay, Rogers was um, in his fourth season when you were a rookie. Uh, Randall had 25 catches as a rookie. So was really hardly involved. Um, Randall, I, I asked him, was Aaron as detailed and intricate as he is now? in his fourth year. And Randall said, yeah. And that's why I didn't play. He's like, I played like 10 offensive snaps a game. And I looked it up and it was like, actually like 6.7. So it was like very few, he was minimally involved. And he was like, that's because I didn't, I didn't get it. Like I was not ready. So, you know, that's a second round receiver. And, and that's why I think this year it kind of uh, came to a bigger focus because I have a bunch of stats in there that are in front of me right now, but um you know, Aaron was having to throw way more to rookies than he's ever had to. Yeah. And I mean, the first play of the season is just a great example of that. He's never opened a season by throwing to a rookie ever. Um, well, when Christian Watson dropped that pass, I mean, most of us knew the season was going to be a disaster. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's also overreacting to Sammy Watkins quote. Like, I mean, I don't understand the problem with his quote. He said, if Christian catches that pass, we win the game and it changes the trajectory of the season. What? I don't understand why that's a problem. Oh, we, we had like, this discussion like two months ago. That's Clearly. literally a fact. They would, they would have scored on that play. Like, I mean, I don't understand. Yes. Sure. Maybe he's like overstating one play possible. Well, like, if, that, if that reaction is coming from Vikings fans, they're, don't worry about that. Yeah, no, it's coming from Packers. Like, well, Packers we're really players, stupid. And Packers players are, or Packers fans are like, well, Sammy hasn't done anything. Like, how could he talk yeah, about that? Yeah, we like, don't judge us on this. Sammy year. threw saw. two great blocks last week or the week before the bye. So you know what? Sammy is contributing in a in a helpful way. Like, yeah. Anyways, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, the other thing I thought was really interesting is that, um. Jordan Love said, this came from Love, um, who, you know, has not been there for three years. He said, one of the hard parts about signals is that Rodgers will just bring one back 
from like five years ago. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> and he won't really like explain it. And um, like literally Jordan's quote was like, yeah, like it happens all the time. Like we'll see it. I'll be on the sideline. I'll be like, what was that? And then someone will ask me, what was that? And I'll be like, I don't know. And then he said, you have to go ask him. Like, so that's another that's part. That's so unnecessary. Right. And so it's like, okay, even if, like, I'm sure by now, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, they know all the signals by now. They should know all the signals by now. But they may not know one next week. Like, he might just throw one out there next week that is something. Yeah, he'll be like, oh, I did that at Butte Community College with Jack Receiver Man. You got to know that. Right. Right. Exactly. So, like, um, that is, that's a really interesting part. Like, I think Jace Sternberger, I didn't put this quote in there. And actually, now that I'm remembering it, I probably should have. Um, But Jace was like, yeah, like he'll throw one out from like five years ago. And I'll be like, dude, I was like a junior in high school, you know, like, so that was like funny. Um, anyways, how was Jordan? Like Jordan, people are, people are wondering like, Oh, Jordan loves trying to say this stuff to no cut underneath. No, when I, I talked to Jordan after the bears game, after the bears went in the locker room, I just like beeline straight to him. Cause obviously no one was talking to him. Um, so I went straight to him cause I was like, Oh, I know, because of my conversations with the other players that he's the one who like runs the signal meetings now because Aaron, yeah, Rogers made him do it. Yeah. Aaron delegated that to him. I actually think that's maybe good, like to get him more involved. I don't know. I think that's fine. I don't really read into that in any way, okay. but um, I just so, feel like if, if love ever takes over for Rogers, if love's going to be like, all right, first thing we're not doing these meetings anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Jordan, was not salty and people were tweeting like oh he's salty no he was like like i just approached him and i was like hey um you know i want to ask you a couple things about uh you know what it's like to be a backup here i heard you run the signal meetings and then i was like i also want to talk about you know why it's hard for rookies to transition into this offense as receivers and he was like totally cool and like i don't really know why people are surprised that people would go on the record about this it's not controversial i, I mean maybe anything to do with Aaron Rodgers, people like somehow think is controversy, but like, yes, this is just like literally that I just see this story as like a, inside the offensive meeting room. Like what's happening in there. Now we know a little bit more about what's happening and we know a little bit more about why it's hard. And I think um, I was on a different, I was talking to um, Peter Bukowski yesterday with locked on Packers. And he was like, well, what's the take, what's your like takeaway from this? Like, did you have a conclusion? And I'm like, not necessarily, I think just the main conclusion. And obviously I only reported this about Aaron and Green Bay. I didn't do the same study on Tom Brady or Drew Brees or, um, you know, insert any other old long tenured quarterback. I, I was just looking at Rogers, but I'm pretty sure this would probably hold up if you looked at what it's like to play with Tom Brady as a rookie wide receiver. Like, I think it's just natural um, that it's probably easier to be a rookie wide receiver with uh, a quarterback who is younger in his career and more flexible, or maybe not even necessarily younger and more flexible, like less elite and like less set in their ways. Um, And that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be, better but it's just going to be an easier transition to learning a new nfl offense feeling comfortable in it getting integrated in it i think it'll definitely i think what i learned is that it's it seems like it would be easier to be in that position with a quarterback who is not um you know a veteran who's been around for 
15 years in their job and won MVP and won a Super Bowl and all that. So I think that's my main takeaway. Kaylin Kaler, I appreciate your work and you coming on here. You can find her Thank at Kaylin Kaler. She's with The Athletic. And uh, now we've got a full weekend of NFL to watch. So I know there's games on in like 20 minutes or something. Why? Yeah, I think the Vikings started. Or now, yeah, it's noon. Yeah, so I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah, Yeah. and I and I saw a cockroach. I was looking. There's a cockroach in my basement. Oh no. Yeah, so uh, I got stuff to do, but I appreciate your time. Thank you. And uh, we'll be sure to reach out again. Okay. Bye. And before we keep it rolling here, I want to give a special shout out to our good good buddies at Happy Place Hemp. I've talked about these guys, and I'm not going to stop. Great product. The gummies have been working. For me throughout the weekend, uh, kind of weird hours with the World Cup that's been going on the last. I mean, not weird hours, just weird that I have to get up. <laughs> so I have to go to bed. And the gummies have helped that. I've been taking the purple ones. I call them the nighttime ones. Got some CBD, CBN. And maybe taking them an hour. Uh, 90 minutes, I think, works for me before I want to go to bed. And then I get into bed. I still like panic. I still like to, am I going to like, and then I always end up falling asleep. So that's just my own anxiety. I take a different pill for that. But those gummies have been helping me out quite a bit. Happyplacehemp.com. The promo code is BART. It gets you 25% off your order. If you've never ordered with these guys, they got CBD. Uh, like the gummies that we talked about, my mom got some lip balm. They got some some spray that you can use for your pets, as we've talked about. Um, it, it, it's 25% off to get started to try it out. They've got sampler packs as well to see what the different Delta eights Delta nines might do for you. The THCOs, stuff like that. If you've already ordered before, well order again, the promo code's not going anywhere. 25% off every order. Happyplacehemp.com. Happyplacehemp.com. They mail it to you discreetly. So it, it doesn't say THC gummies on it. Cause you know, then the neighbor might take it off your porch if it gets past the postman. So very discreet. And easy packaging, and it gets to your house relatively quickly. So happyplacehemp.com, promo code is BART, 25% off your orders. I did say on Friday, I believe, yeah, Thursday night after the Bucks game, that if I got 10 people to uh, to do the code in the next 24, 36 hours, I'd do a Christmas show. I didn't get 10, got a lot, didn't get 10. I think here's what I'm going to do on Christmas. I'm not going to say I'll do a show at 7. Cause I don't, I don't want to interrupt Christmas, right? Families. How often can you get together? But I, I think at night it, when it winds down and I'm like, well, shit, what am I going to do now? Watch the suns. Then I'll throw something out there. I'll maybe do a Christmas, like a late night kind of thing. So we'll, we'll see. That's, that's kind of the initial plan that, that new year's week. I'm not entirely sure what I'm totally going to do. The Badgers play on Tuesday night. I did want to do that. Uh, I didn't want to do a full out watch party for that. Nobody seems to be down. Um, so we'll see, you know, it's just kind of flying by the seat of my pants as uh, we've been doing since we picked this thing up here. Uh, so it's Saturday night. I did not really watch much of the bucks. I had a date with Josh Allen. He's my fantasy quarterback and I'm in a big, uh, four or five matchups. So I needed to watch Josh Allen. So I did choose fantasy football over 
the Bucks. The Bucks do win on Saturday night, one twenty-seven to ninety or one twenty-three to ninety-seven. Jazz, who started so good, have been losing more games. They're still over five hundred. They're not going to get Webb and Yana at this point, but uh, you know, I guess it's. I mean, do you say the Jazz are a good win? They're above five hundred team out in the West. This game was about Bobby Portis. This game was about Drew Holiday. This game was about no Giannis, no Giannis. So if you went to the game on Saturday, you didn't see Giannis, and you also didn't see Middleton. You saw a little bit of A.J. Green. You saw a little bit of Thanasis. So you got one of Denacumpo. It's tough, man. I, I know it's tough. You know, he's not going to play every game. And, you know, it's, it's tough if you're in, like, if you're in Utah and he comes there and he doesn't play, oh, that was our one chance to see Giannis. But then how do you – like, you can't – I mean, I guess you could look at the schedule a little bit, but how do you – you know, it's just it's just hard. It's hard to – I know it's hard to go to a game and not see Giannis. We're going to a game closer to New Year's, and if Giannis doesn't play, it's like – I mean, it's just – it's a, it's a, he's that big. Uh, so the Bucs get a win. They rebound from the Memphis loss, which is important. Uh, they got destroyed by Memphis, as you know, and then to rebound with a 26-point victory, uh, that's – that's a good sign. So if you're worried about the Bucks or whatever, I don't. I, I mean, still, I, I'm, I'm not going to overreact to wins. And I'm not going to overreact to losses. The caveat being the Christmas Day game, Bucks absolutely have to win that. They have to stop the Boston narrative from becoming a thing. The Bucks and the Celtics. That's what I want to look at here because that that I think is a series where you're going to look at well, who's the favorite in the East? Who's coming out of the East? And it's going to be one of the Bucks and Celtics. And what people will probably do is look at the last meeting between the teams and say, okay, well, Boston won last time, so so Boston's a favorite. All right, the Bucks, uh, the Bucks are the favorite. They typically play four times a year. They can. They only play three this year: Christmas Day, Valentine's Day, and then March thirtieth. And they're all primetime games. The second two on TNT, and this one on ABC and ESPN on Christmas at uh, four o'clock central. So these are big, big games and there's going to be a lot of attention on them. And it's going to help uh, shift the narrative for a little bit. Let's say Boston wins. They're going to be the favorite in the East until the Bucks get another crack at them on the 14th of February. Maybe that doesn't matter to you. Maybe it does. I just, it's not that it's not the winning and losing that matters to me. It's the narratives. I just don't want Boston to like narratives. Okay. Uh, the NFL, the Vikings, people are sharing Paul Allen clips again. Because they came back from a 33. They were down 33 points to the Colts is what I look at. No, they came back. Biggest comeback ever. All oh, the Vikings are so great. What a fun day. We won the North. And here's another thing. The Vikings punted in a situation in overtime when they shouldn't have. Essentially, they were playing for a tie. And they would have celebrated a tie. Because it would have meant they won the North. I was just being told that soccer's terrible because you root for ties as if they're wins. So I desperately wanted that game to be a tie desperately so that I could make my point again, everything that happens in soccer that you don't like happens in other sports. You're just willing to accept it. So so I love the football on Saturday. I love that. Watch some of the bowl games that didn't matter, but uh, good to see NFL and we'll get back to it on Sunday. I, uh, I think I might be sick. Yeah. I think I'm getting sick over the weekend. And Sunday morning, I'm going to spend it out at Nomad in the cold watching the World Cup final. So I could be in some rough shape. Uh, I would love to, you know, cozy up, stay in bed with a nice warm cup of coffee. But I got some soccer to watch, man. I got some soccer to watch and I got some people to meet and I got some 
I got some branding to do. So looking forward to all that. Next time that I pick this up will be Sunday morning after the World Cup final. I also want to give a shout out to somebody who utilized the tip jar, but with a request. Andrew sent a tip, uh, which, you know, it's it's there. I'm not going to advertise it, but it's there. I guess I'm advertising it right now. It just helps. You know, I give uh, some of the guys money when they come out a bunch and if we need equipment or anything, just kind of stuff like that. Uh, but he says that part of the tip is hoping that I play the 50 shades of Freem's trailer on the podcast, Chuck Freeman, a big lover of the, my old partner, a big lover of the movie 50 shades of gray. And we made a 50 shades of Freem's. I don't know if it's as good as I thought it was four years ago, but, uh, per the tip, here's 50 shades of Freem's and then we'll catch up on this weekend diary post the world cup final 50 shades of freems oh yeah, yeah man Jeff Freeman? <laughs> no what man. big screen yeah 50 shades of freems 50 shades of freems i ain't watching uh, that a woman out there does not like a beta male ask me i hear you player what you know is true if you only know what i know about your daughter tell you. i do like the blue balls oh i love your you open your mouth a little bit too much. Maybe we should make a bet. We have bets pending still. When you said negotiate, what did you mean? Okay, I'm not going to say this to get creepy. You got a pretty good looking sister. Is everything okay? Check my Facebook page once in a while. But then we wouldn't have any sort of relationship at all. What are we, even overall? If I win, you take me to the red room. There's going to be tricks out there. I'll check it out. He could be a freak on the court and on the shit. You know what I'm saying? You thought Chuck Freeman was really starring in a Fifty Shades style movie? He had to shower first, wouldn't he? Fifty Shades of Freeman. Fifty Shades of Freeman. Allegedly. Stay tuned to the fan. How could I know what I'd be willing to try? Let's face it, most hot women aren't very nice to begin with. was a little bit of nomad was back at nomad for the world cup final another fun morning uh shout out to nick who met me there uh, a listener long time listener first time uh captain and coke buyer for me i appreciate that yeah it was a fun it was a fun day you know and instead of breaking down the 3-3 game with you and the pks what does everybody want to do bitch about soccer and it's not even – I already did the. I already did that segment. So you know where I feel about that. Soccer fans now bitching that soccer doesn't get enough attention. Let's relax, okay? Uh, I know what the World Cup is. Every four years, people that don't care about soccer, oh, what's this? This is interesting. And then some stay and some don't. It's fine. Nobody's forcing anything on you. But soccer people were mad that 
the game ended and then the trophy presentation, especially for Lionel Messi, one of the greats of the game, his first World Cup, wasn't shown on Fox. It was shifted to FS1 for uh, for football, for football games to start. I don't see an issue with that at all. I, I, I mean, now here's the thing. So the game was scheduled from 9 to 11. I'm going central time here. The game was scheduled from 9 to 11. If the game would have ended in regulation, it would be ended. It would be over at 11. And then it would go into the NFL on Fox pregame show. And then it would go in the NFL. Look, these these networks are trying to accumulate as much sports as they can. Because that's really all that the live viewers watch now live. You know, you DVR everything. Ratings are down for a lot of stuff because there's so many different things. People are still watching a lot of these shows, but the ratings, the live rating is down. People are still consuming content as much, if not more than ever before, but the live ratings. And live ratings are important because then you're forced to watch the commercials. And what do you watch? What do you watch live? Award shows? I mean, that's going down. Uh, but really, it's sports. You know, it's it's sports. So that's why, like, Fox is like, okay, we got we got the NFL, but now we have the World Cup, and we can put it here, and it can lead into this. You you see things run over all the time. Oh, the start of this game's on FS2. Oh, the start of this game's on ESPNU. Because they're just trying to stack sports on top of sports on top of sports. So Fox, that's what they did. They wanted the World Cup to transition into NFL on Fox pregame into the NFL. Now, this is the thing we'll never know. People are mad that the trophy presentation did not air on Fox because of football games. You're going to show the football games. Now, could the NFL have said, hey, we'll start these games a little later, just so you know, 1230? Maybe. But why? If... 11 o'clock would have happened, and they said trophy presentation on FS1. We're going to give you Howie Long and Rob Riggle and Jimmy Johnson from his boat. That I would have agreed with is, oh, geez, come on. But the fact that we were going from game to game did not bother me. The fact that we were going from game, I mean, that's that's what they want. That's what, that's what eyeballs are going to draw. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs that were on that World Cup, but there's a lot of eyeballs that are on the early window of a Fox Sunday uh, I think it was a double header or maybe a single header, but either way, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on live football. So you played the game, show another game. The trophy presentation can go to FS1. FS1 is in 86 million homes. You know, people pretend not to know what FS1 is. It's in a bunch of homes. One of the guys that I was uh, barking back and forth with all day was my good, good buddy, Mike Wickett. Uh, a couple of things I said to him. Um, imagine being Mike Wickett and watching Bill Cower over and Phil Sims over the soccer game. Uh, Mike Wickett said, breaking, because that's still a fucking joke to him. Breaking, the most important trophy in the world will be presented to a legend on an alternate channel that most people can't remember if their life's dependent on it so we can all watch football. Mike, how many shitty college basketball games do you watch on FS1? Come on. I said Mike Wickett once spent three days on 1250 talking about how he went down a tube on a lazy river. Um, I just I, I just don't get it. Uh, all I want in my life is one day where I can enjoy a soccer game without people. And I, and I, I, I got all these fucking patriots in my mentions. 
soccer sucks. The best one is what soccer? What soccer? You're 50 years old. You never heard of soccer. Nobody does this for volleyball. Oh, Badger women's volleyball. What's volleyball? What's women? Nobody does that. What's soccer? Stupid. All right. Uh, the NFL also, I am coming to you here as we're wrapping up our little journal on Sunday night. The commanders just fell to the Giants. I had a tie in this game. <laughs> and it was it was it was close to being a tie, but it did not end up being a tie. I'm going to go through the uh, playoffs and and what they are at this point. So the Bills have clinched a spot, and right now they're the one seed. The two seed is the Chiefs, same record. They're in the playoffs. The Bengals are the three. They'll likely win the North. The Titans are right now leading the South at seven and seven. But you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars creeping up at six and eight over a very compelling win over Dallas. There is a scenario where Jacksonville could be in a rest their starters situation week 18. So that's pretty cool. Going to root for them pretty hard. Uh, the Ravens have the first wild card spot, then the Chargers and the Dolphins. Those last two teams at eight and six. The Patriots are seven and seven. The Jets are seven and seven. So they're the Jets are bad. The Jets have they lost like four in a row now? They Packers lost to this team. Zach Wilson's terrible. He is so bad. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think he's a Jet much longer. Patriots. What a wild game that was. Uh, that gives the Raiders a little bit of life. But now they're fighting. Like the Raiders are six and eight. Browns are six and eight. You know they were pretty pumped up. Steelers somehow are six and eight. But they're still. Dolphins at eight and six. So AFC's got some interesting races. The AFC South, again, I'm, I'm totally rooting for Jacksonville. I don't think, um, I think a lot of people will. So that's, that's fun to see. In the NFC, the Eagles, Vikings, and Niners have all clinched a spot. One, two, three. The Buccaneers are the four seed at six and eight. I'll talk about that in a second. Cowboys are the five seed at 10 and four. And then it will be the Giants and the Commanders at six and seven uh both again teams that beat the green bay packers so when the packers look at this there were definitely situations where they they had chances they should totally be in this race it's a crime they're not in this race we'll see what happens tonight against the uh, rams seahawks are seven and seven lions are seven and seven lions are seven and seven this is great. Uh, I think a lot of people are like, well, you're not rooting for the Lions, but it's good for the Lions. Packers are five and eight. Panthers at five and nine. Saints at five and nine. Falcons at five and nine. But all those teams are still in it because of the Buccaneers. So here's the thing. And I was thinking about like the Buccaneers are six and eight. And the Packers are five and eight. And let's say the Packers win. Let's say the Packers win uh, Monday night. That would put the Packers at six and eight. They would be a game and a half out of the playoffs. They'd be four or five games back in their division. You know, you're six and eight. What are you going to do? What, what, what can you ask for? But then you have the Buccaneers that are six and eight. And they're in first place in their division. And they're not playing well. 
earlier in the season, I said, if you're a team that's like three and three, these teams are three and three. And this is the team. This is the team of all these teams that the Packers beat. I said, if you're three and three and you're the Packers, you're like, how are we going to get better? If you're the Buccaneers, you know, you're going to figure it out, but they didn't. And it's not, it's, they're getting rewarded for bad behavior. So look at the quarterbacks in this, in this scenario. You've got Aaron Rodgers, who is an aging, old quarterback who isn't as good as he was last year. You know, defend him all you want, but he's not as good as he was last year. What an MVP. Then you have Tom Brady, who is still struggling. And if I'm Rodgers, I'm like, man, this guy, how come that's the old quarterback that gets to coast to the playoffs? That's a bummer. But then if I take a step back and really look at these careers, you know, Brady came into the league a few years before Rodgers did, but they're contemporaries. They're two of the old guards, even though Rodgers is seven years older or younger than Brady, which is kind of remarkable. But they've been in the league in the same era, and they never met in that Super Bowl together. And the one time they meet in the playoffs, Brady, as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, comes to Lambeau, beats Rodgers. The NFC North has not been great in Rodgers' life. But the AFC East was really bad when Tom Brady was there at the Patriots. And the AFC was worse than the NFC a lot of the times. So it would be the Colts and the Steelers and the Patriots, and two of those three teams would skirt to the bye. You know, two, one of those three teams would get to the Super Bowl. And a lot of times the playoffs, the, the playoffs for the Patriots didn't start until the AFC Championship because they would win they would get that first game at home and then they'd, they'd play someone terrible. They'd play like the Texans or they'd play the Tebow Broncos. I mean, the Patriots basically were airlifted to the AFC championship all the time. Packers had to, you know, fight the Cardinals and do the fail Mary thing or not the fail Mary, but the, AFC, the NFC championship 2014 and then get run over by Colin Kaepernick. That stuff never happened to Tom Brady because Tom Brady had a defense. And Mike McCarthy had a really nice run there, and he beat Belichick. He had a really nice run there where he's a really good coach, and I'm glad to see him having success again, minus today. But he's not Bill Belichick. So Brady gets Belichick, the AFC East, a down AFC, great defenses. Then he goes to Tampa. They He throws three interceptions in the second half, still beat the Packers. And then this whole era, Rodgers has won Super Bowl. Brady's got, what, seven? And then, and then like, this year, when they're both, let's again, let's say the Packers win Monday night. They're both six and eight. Packers are, we're talking about Jordan Love, and Tom Brady's going to host a playoff game. You know, it's just, it's such a contrast. It's such a, I would be pissed. You know, he basically got, is, is Tom Brady a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers? We always say, oh, Aaron's, you know, Tom's the GOAT, but Aaron's the best quarterback I've ever seen. Take two of those Super Bowls away and give them to Rodgers. We're talking about Rodgers is the best quarterback ever. I would just hate Tom Brady so much if I was Aaron Rodgers. I would hate him as much as I would hate the cold. Again, I'm really worried about this cold weather. Your boy's got a little bit of a cold. I was out, you know, for four hours outside in the Nomad Igloo. I did get interviewed by Fox six. I'm not sure that ever made the air. Uh, they had a reporter in training. So the cameraman would ask me the question and then I'd have to look at the reporter. I like doing interviews on TV. Never met a camera. I didn't like, 
because I know the game and they're always like, wow, that person was really, how did he, I've been on, I've been, I've been around the block, been on TV a time or two. Yeah. This face. So that, that was fun. So for the Packers, again, the uh, playoff race wild. And if I'm, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, but a really fun day of football, it is exhausting watching 10 hours of football, uh, two straight days and then throwing a world cup game in there. I got all into the bowl games. Uh, my bowl record. I was, I was boasting about earlier in this show. Very bad now. Very, very bad. I suck. But the other standings that I want to look at are the NBA standings because uh, the Celtics had a bad loss. So let's look at the NBA standings. Guess who's in first place in the East tied, but better winning percentage. The Milwaukee Bucks. Guess who's the best record in the league? The Milwaukee Bucks. They're 21 and eight coming into this week. Again, they got this weird road trip. One thing I didn't mention about the Bucks earlier, or the Bucks earlier, was see what see how good Marjan can be when he gets to play. Marjan Bochamp against the Jazz. Look at that. What was the stat line on him? He got 19 minutes, five and nine shooting, four for four seven threes, 18 points. Let this guy play in real games, dude. Come on, brother bud. Come on, brother bud. Let this guy play. But the Bucks are first in the East, and they do have an interesting road trip. So they play Monday night. Uh, we'll be live Monday night. And we'll be live Monday night to do the Packers Rams, but I guess Bucks Pelicans too. And then working out the schedule for the rest of the week. Uh, may or may not have a Friday show, TBD, but uh, Monday night will be live on YouTube. So do check me out there. Also the Kalen Kaler portion of this is on YouTube. So you can check that out as well. And please like, and subscribe and check out the clay Thompson interview and tell all your friends. If there's anyone in your life that likes the warriors, uh, warriors, Reddit, if you have any connections to warriors, Reddit, I tried to post that interview on warriors, Reddit, but Oh, Reddit, Reddit, Reddit. They will not let, they, they, they're, they're very good at this. They don't let the scammies come in there. I was obviously trying to spam them. Hey, look at my thing. Uh, and they're like, well, you're, you're, who are you? And I even did it. I don't have a Twitter burner. I got like nine Reddit burners, even though I never go on Reddit. All right. So uh, crazy weekend, crazy weekend. One more thing I want to get into. I was on a podcast with uh, the guys from Thirst and 10. So I talked to them over the weekend. I tweeted that out, Thirst and 10. And then I did a prediction segment with them. That's how we'll wrap up this interview or that's how we'll wrap up this podcast. But before we get to that, this is a now deleted video. I I didn't, I was doing it with the pro soccer gear on. I thought that was a little risque, but the message still stands. This is my message to one Mike Wicket. Good, good buddy. Still love him. Just uh, really trying to be aggressive. It's people like Mike Wicket. Why soccer won't happen in America. Cause soccer's happening in America but people might like Mike Wicket won't admit it. So my message to Wicket, uh, who I did try to get on tonight, but he said he was sick. Classic Wicks. So uh, Mike Wicket, a message to him, and then the guys from Thurston 10, and we'll wrap things up. Packers Rams tonight. I like, well, I'll tell you who I like in a minute. And the Bucks and the Pelicans. So a lot to look forward to. And a bowl game this afternoon. UConn maybe? I don't know. I'll probably take the loser. Mike, this one's for you. Hi, my name is 
Johnson from his house in Florida talk about matches he ain't gonna watch. Then watch the fucking World Cup. You piece of shit, Wicked. You piece of fucking shit. Best fucking sporting event in the world. You asshole. <laughs> Again, the Packers play the Rams tonight. Monday night football should be very exciting if you hate yourself. I'm not super high on this game. I've been trying to kick around the prediction throughout the weekend. I talked with Ryan Horvath to start this thing. I said Rams blowout. I'm going to come a little closer to that. First off, before I give my final prediction, you guys hang on the edge of your seats. I got Marcus and Jimmy here from Thurston 10. I was able to sit down with them over the weekend. Boys, how are you? Great. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having us. Well, thanks for having me on. It was good to uh, talk to you guys, meet you guys a little bit over the weekend. The Thirst and Ten podcast, how much are you guys doing this? What are you guys normally talking about? Give give everybody a little detail. Yeah, so we are a sports podcast, usually drunk, hence the name. Uh, we usually release one episode once a week. Sometimes twice a week, uh, we were doing special episodes for the World Cup. So if you like a little bit of football talk, as well as football, baseball, basketball, uh, once a week, usually Saturdays at noon, we drop a new episode. So when do you normally record? When you're drunk at night? Friday night. Oh, yeah. Prime time for that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, sorry. I I cut it. I guess I could have done it Friday night. I mean, I ended up probably being drunk. I just... We just started early. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, And then I do want to say, too, because on my show, I have a lot of MLS thoughts. But I threw it on their show instead. So I I hope everybody's like, hey, Bart's on Thurston 10. That'll be fun. And then I just talk MLS for 20 minutes. So just fast forward like you do when you don't like the shit that I'm talking about. uh, If you don't want your MLS thoughts. But we talked Badgers. No, we didn't. We talked Brewers and Packers and Bucks, uh, and that was good. It was good to sit down with you guys again. Wherever you get your pods, that's what I'm always saying. So same for you. Yeah, so uh, wherever you get your pods, Thurston1069, follow us on Twitter. Um, And then, yeah, Spotify for the most part. That's the big one? Spotify. Spotify. All right. All right. Thurston10, find these guys. I was on with them over the weekend. Let's hammer down the Packer picks. Um, Marcus, if you want to start, what do you got for a pick? So I think both these teams are pretty bad coming in. Um, and so for me, then I just got to go with my Packer heart on that one. I'm going to go Packers 20 to 17. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to, this season just seems to be like, what's the worst thing that can happen for the Packers. (laughs) So I'm going to stay on that train of thought. Uh, I think the worst thing that can happen to the Packers right now is they go three and one and then get like the 19th pick in the draft or something <laughs> crappy like that. So uh, give me Packers win 24, 21 Mason Crosby chip shot field goal to win it. So you think they'll do enough to like make it somewhat interesting playoff wise, ultimately not make the playoffs and in the process have hurt themselves in a draft pick. Yep. And I think they won't play Jordan love because of it as well which also I think is a problem. We talked about that on your show and I've talked about that plenty. I think that, you know, I, it, this has been weird. So, you know, even over the weekend and, and throughout the week, throughout the bye week, really, every time I go online, it's a new person talking about a new scenario where the Packers can make the playoffs. 
and they have to win out, and that's not even enough. And all of a sudden, we're all of a, but also all of a sudden, people are like, "Well, now we need this and that." Assuming that we went out, you can't assume what, anything. What if, but what have we even done to earn that? The <laughs> last game we played, we had to throw everything at coming back against the Bears. Before that, Jalen Hurts ran all over us. We lost to the Titans, who haven't done anything since. But we beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers' revenge game, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand how uh, that even happened. So, all of this to say, the Packers are going to lose. They're going to lose. The game's going to suck. It's going to be boring. It's going to be like every game you watch this year. Baker will probably suck, but he'll do one or two good things like he did last week. I like the Packers to lose 20 to 17. Uh, then we'll start to see Jordan Love. God, but Rodgers will probably still play Christmas, that asshole. He's got it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Packers to lose. And I, and I blame I blame the fans for over the two weeks of the bye week trying to create this scenario where the Packers – no, they haven't earned that. They haven't earned you trying to figure out what other games need to happen. It's going to be too cold. Rodgers sucks when it's 30 degrees now. He looks like he is going to die, not wants to die. It looks like he might actually be dying. It's so cold. Now you're going to throw out there and what? What was it? What do we get? What do we got on Monday? Well, then we get love. Yeah, then we get... it's supposed to be like five degrees at kickoff. Um, if they're going to lose, though, just lose right away at the beginning. Just oh, they won't. All hope. They won't. No, 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 no. They won't. There will be a drive. All right, I'm, I'm playing on it the whole game here. This is what's going to happen tonight, Monday Night Football. Aaron Jones is going to score a touchdown on the first or second drive. They're going to go up seven nothing. Everybody's going to be pretty happy. Could be a pass. Could be a run. I don't know. Uh, Van Jefferson might get a tutty in there. All right, a couple of field goals, maybe a block, maybe a miss. Packers up uh, fourteen to ten at halftime. Offense gets real shitty. Rams have a rushing touchdown, and they kick a field goal. It's twenty to seventeen. Packers get the ball back, like 2.30 to go. Um, you're going to think, all right, we got a couple timeouts left. Let's just use it. Oh, they'll do something fucking silly. I'm going to fumble or pick it off, or they'll throw three straight incompletions, punt it before the two-minute warning. And then either way, this game's ending with Baker taking a knee. Rams 20, Packers 17. That's my final. Thurston 10. Check them out, Spotify. Boys, good to meet you. Good to talk to you. And, uh, and thanks for having me on. This has been the Bart Winkler Show.